Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Blackhawks Live. No, it's all saying, Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. That's us. Uh, hey, a national championship game on a Monday one week, a Blackhawks game last night, another Blackhawks game coming up next Monday. We're flexible, though. We're dealing with it, and we thank you for being flexible, too, and joining us here on Blackhawks Live. Presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Nick and I will be pleased to be joined in a couple of minutes by the assistant general manager in charge of pro scouting, Ryan Stewart, and a little bit later on, Boomer Gordon from The Point, uh, the host of The Point on Sirius XM, to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline from a national standpoint. But, Nick, uh, the Blackhawks, they took care of business in Columbus. Stan Bowman took care of business at the trade deadline, and they had a, a better weekend than your master's predictions from last week. Uh, <laughs> gosh, it was horrible. It was <laughs> no, terrible. it wasn't. Was one, of your, one of your guys was knocking at the door at the end there. My, my winner was JT. He finished tied for 21st. John Rahm was my contender. He tied for fifth, so that was there all right. Go. I mean, he contended technically, but <laughs> my dark horse, Lee Westwood, just came out and just laid an egg. He didn't even make the cut. So, I mean, I could have maybe played better than Westwood Well, that day. Yeah, at least you didn't go for the <laughs> low-hanging fruit in, in Dustin Johnson, too, because, uh, yeah, Ooh. he didn't even... He didn't even Ooh. make it around either. He stuck around to present the green jacket, though, to uh, Hideki, <laughs> Hideki Matsuyama before he went to the uh, Atlanta airport where he was <laughs> totally by himself, sitting alone with his green jacket on the way to a connecting flight here to Chicago en route to Tokyo. But anyway, uh, a quick thought here on the White Sox before we break, because we want to get to Ryan Stewart. Uh, we may have to bust him out a little bit early here. But uh, overall thoughts on this trade deadline, um, you know, and we're not just saying this because we're affiliated with the Blackhawks, but I think by and large, everyone very impressed with what Stan Bowen was able to do in order to stay on point to what his goals were this season with what he was able to bring in, stay young, and still collect some assets for the future. It's an A for Stan Bowman, no question about it. And I, I of course, I was I'm always positive. You know me, but uh, Ben Pope gave me a little bit of a chirp on on Twitter about my positivity over the trade deadline. But he did agree <laughs> with me. It wasn't a good trade deadline. Stan did a great job. Listen, they they brought in a lot of uh, temporary pieces to fill some holes for guys that were injured. Kirby, some uncertainty about Nylander. There were just some some things there that weren't necessarily um, locked in. And 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 he he made moves uh, and he filled gaps and the team performed and then this at the trade deadline he was able to to move those pieces out because he got what he wanted back and he was able to trade those for prospects and picks and that goes right along with the young culture and the rebuild for for this organization so the future is very bright bravo to Stan and the team uh shocker i'm positive about it but it was great yeah and uh, a couple of really good wins at columbus challenging wins but uh, good wins in columbus and it went show on the way that thing finished up last night with Kalanuk, Doc, and Hagel <laughs> providing the finishing touches. I, I mean, that, that that gets you pumped up a little bit more with, uh, with what those guys are able to do. But tell you what, we're going to take our first break here, and uh, we'll be joined by the assistant general manager in charge of pro scouting, get a little bit more into what trade deadline day is like for him, because now we are on day one of trade deadline 2022 for him and his pro scouting staff and talk about some of these new players that the Blackhawks have brought in. That's all straight ahead. Stick around. 
on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Here's Camp into the jacket zone along the left wing side. The Connolly racing through the slot. Wrist shot, he scores! Connolly in his Blackhawks debut, fired it high, and it actually deflected down and passed Corpusallo. And the Blackhawks lead for the first time in the game, 3 to 2. That's John's call last night in the eventual 4 3 overtime victory over the Columbus. One of the new guys picked up prior to the trade deadline. Delivering for the Blackhawks in his team debut. Welcome back into Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Alongside Nick Gismondi, I'm Chris Bowden. It's our pleasure to join, uh, to be joined by uh, a man in his first year as assistant general manager of pro scouting, but in his 15th year with the organization, he is the definition of wearing uh, multiple hats and climbing the ladder within the organization, all beginning as video coach. And it's great to say hello. We had a great visit on the postgame show last year with Ryan Stewart, who joins us again this evening. Ryan, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. So uh, what's trade deadline day like for you? And I, I don't know if it's any different now in this new role, and congratulations on the promotion, but what are you doing? Where are you? And and uh, I, I ask this realizing it's the culmination of really a constantly evolving year-round process that uh, the 2022 trade deadline evaluation probably starts today for you. What was yesterday like for you? Um, yesterday was uh, busy, and, and we could we could argue that trade deadline actually starts, you know, a couple weeks prior to the actual date. Things sure. just kind of come to a boil um, by 3 o'clock. But we, we've been working on things, you know, like you say, continuously. And, uh, you know, for instance, the Florida deal, we, we had discussions with them since summer on certain things so um it always takes a lot of time and it just seems to be that that final point on the monday but uh it's exciting it's it's the time of year that gets your blood going and, and a lot of ideas and things are tossed around but at the end of the day um we're we're happy with uh, what went down right you know i i love jeremy's quote yesterday about you know the impact of the trade deadline and i think the fans and the media look at it from one side of thing but you know something that i've always been vocal about is that the the bond of hockey and the family and the brotherhood that's in that room it's deep and it's important and it's not an easy day for the guys can't be an easy day for you guys either i mean yes it's it's pieces on a chessboard in some regard but as as you know that you know it's it's uh it's human lives as well too how, how do you handle that aspect of it from from the staff side and, and being a guy that you know is part of this team is part of this family yeah it's difficult and those are things you take into consideration on, on different fronts it's we always say on deadline day we always seem to have a game and it's it just seems um, you know, just to make things worse, just the, the logistics of, you know, getting guys in and out and then the morning skate when, uh, you know, guys are sitting there with their probably, you know, looking at the phones and different reactions to, to people around them. But um, ultimately it's a business and, and guys know what could happen and what, what, what you know, they, they're reading the clips and different things that are going on. But, um, you know, it, it's difficult to watch guys going. And you saw last night in the first period and even the Saturday night, our guys were a little bit zoned out. And, uh, you know, it's just, those are things that happen, and, and it's human nature to to be concerned. You got families, you got kids, and different things. But uh, ultimately, um, you know, like we said before, we, we try to take care of the, the the human side of things. And when a transaction happens, you know, stands the first to call the player and and notify them. And, and re- we never want to have guys you know learn things through Twitter and everything else. So 
Uh, there, there's, there's definitely some prep behind all that, but uh, at the end of the day, we've got to take care of the team and, and do what's best for that. Yeah, there's pros and cons to uh, what we sign up for, you know, in all walks of life. Yeah, uh, okay. I, you know, maybe Stan's a better, a better guy to ask this, but I'm sure you're still in those lines of communication. Uh, as you work the phones with different teams, exchanging names, exchanging ideas, whether it's, you know, seeking the type of player the organization wanted this year, the Blackhawks did, or, or say final pieces with teams uh, on the, with their eye on the cup in a particular year. How straightforward and trustworthy are teams with you, and vice versa when it comes to communicating levels of interest on certain players, you know, whether other teams are interested, um, you know, how open and trustworthy is it, or is it always just a, a poker game, not necessarily knowing what you're dealing with here, especially if you have your eyes on a couple of players that you really want? Yeah, I, th- I think there's uh, obviously a lot of gamesmanship that goes on and selling and different things like that. Stan, uh, you know, has a lot of integrity, and I think he's he's developed over time a lot of uh, trust from from the majority of the, the league. So when he uh, you know he makes an offer, different things like that, it's it's uh, you know there's a lot of substance behind it, and not a lot of gamemanship. But there, it's a poker game, and, and Stan does a great job, uh, you know, keeping things warm, keeping things in check, and, and organizing. Uh, you know the 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 level of of interest and potential deals that are out there, and you know we have, you know myself, I don't have the patience he has, so I'm kind of the the opposite <laughs> side of things, just throwing out ideas to him, and and uh, you know I'll throw out ten, and I know that uh, if one sticks, then that's fine, and I think he understands my uh, my kind of charisma behind that, so we got a, a good chemistry going on, so I'll just blurt out different things, and and if one sticks, I'm content with that, so. But no, it's uh, it's it's certainly a game of chess and and, and poker and, and a lot of waiting. Um, but like I said, uh, it's it's a different year this year, and, and for us, it was the eye the eye on the prize was always the, the long term benefit of uh, you know continuing to to build this team up with prospects and, and maintain our cap flexibility, which we did, and uh, you know continue to replenish our assets and grab some draft picks. So we were able to you know let Jan Mark and uh, Soderberg go back to uh, you know. Uh, Vegas is obviously a great program, and Soderberg with his with his family, his his hopes were to if 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 we uh, we were going to move him to get him back to Denver, which uh, we were able to accomplish. So those are nice calls because you know they're going to a, a good setup, and it's not one of those situations where you're putting him in a bad situation. So um, you know it it worked out well. I agree with you. I think Stan is probably one of the most patient people on the planet. He, he's always just so calm and so easygoing, and I'm just like, all right, well, this is great. But uh, especially when it comes to, to managing a hockey team, I'm sure that's incredibly important. But when you look at the makeup of this team right now and, and sort of the direction that was taken here and, and the draft picks that were accumulated and, and the prospects, I mean, it goes along with the rebuild that you guys sort of had said over the course of the summer that the direction of this was going, I guess – are you ahead of where you maybe wanted to be based on just the performance of the guys that are on the roster right now and what you picked up at the deadline? If you if you had to put it on the scale, are you are you right at the goal or are you ahead of it? I mean, it's it's tough to put those kind of um, expectations and 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 that kind of uh, you know just judgment on where we're at right now. I think the fact that we are we were able to move some some UFAs, gain back assets, gain some prospects. And still be a couple points out of a playoff spot is is something we wouldn't have uh, you know uh, thought about the beginning of this year. So that's the exciting part to this. I, I think we we continue to to keep again the, the the grand vision of moving forward, 
you know, getting back to being a contender, it, it'd be incredible to get in for that experience. We know we're not ready to take the next step of a true run. But that being said, Jeremy's done an incredible job. We do have some overachievers on the team right now, that, which is a great thing. Guys are ahead of schedule. Um, you know, when we came into this uh, season, we had some spots open and, and uh, we weren't sure how things would, would you know, develop with the Kershevs or the Suiters or the, the Haggles. And, and they've grasped the opportunity and, and they've ran with it. So um, to answer your question in a long-winded manner, I, I think we could be ahead of schedule a little bit. I think we'll still have some bumps in the road. But that being said, we're excited, you know, and, and Borgstrom next season and some other guys, uh, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, I'd like to get some of those young games, uh, young names you picked up here in the last couple, but two of the more experienced guys, as I watch Anthony Mantha score a goal tonight, just seconds ago for the Washington Capitals, you had that with Brett Connolly last night, and, and Vinny comes in as well in a separate deal from Florida, and uh, listening to Brett after that game last night, he seems like a real motivated guy. And it's not like these guys are over the hill. 27, 28 years old, and uh, you know, still a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, what is it that you identified with Brett, and, and perhaps a little bit earlier with Vinny, a guy that, that we're all familiar with in terms of uh, being important pieces that you wanted as part of these moves? Yeah, I mean, as you know, in any transaction, it's it's a... Uh... You know, there's an exchange in, in the cost and, and the, uh, the, the return, and, and that's gauging it. And Vinny was obviously a, a, an easy one um, in reference to the price we paid. Um, no slight to Brad Morrison, but we knew what Vinny Hinnestros we were getting in him, and, and he's an NHL player. Um, he's high compete, high energy, and, and more importantly, a, a guy who would bleed each night just to put that Hawks jersey back on. So, we love the energy element to his game, and we know that that's the style we're trying to play, just relentless on pucks and pursuit, and uh, certainly we got that in Vinny. Brett Connolly is a little bit different story in reference to, uh, you know, the, the overall opinion on the outside. Um, you know, it, it was framed as a, as a money exchange. We, we offloaded uh, some of Florida's money in exchange, got two younger players, but, you know, in reality, uh, we see some value, a lot of value in Brett Connolly at six foot three. You know, a prolific fifteen to twenty goal scorer. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's heavy on the walls, and uh, as you saw last night in that goal, there he just has a knack to kind of roam and find a loose puck and get the puck off quick. So uh, he certainly, you know, had a, a rough uh, run in, in Florida. So uh, we, we'll get his legs back going, and um, you know, it's nice to see a motivated guy like that because he's got a lot of experience for for only twenty eight. Uh, you know, he's a high, high pick, um, but ultimately he offers a size and, uh, you know, he has some touch on that. You saw Jeremy gave him a shot on the, on the power play last night, which again, he, uh, he was physical. He used his weight and um, that's something you need in this league. Lastly, for me, Brian, uh, you know, so much has been put on the international side of the scouting for you guys, and it's something that I've talked to Stan about a lot, and I think it's a point of pride for the organization. How have you been able to maintain keeping an eye on guys overseas right now during this current situation and, and, and just maybe speak to the international side of, uh, of the scouting and development for you all? Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly been a challenge. Uh, Matt Tallinn, uh heads our European efforts and uh, with staff over there, Peter Sundstrom, Anatoly Semenov. Um, you know, we have a pretty good gauge on on the the scope of players over there. And with the video, uh, you know, we were able to, um, you know, again build a list, keep track of players, and 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 do uh, you know have some success. Um, I, th- I think a, a big kind of feather in our cap is the fact that we don't go out and oversign. We don't make false promises. You know, when you know, for the most part, when when we bring a guy in, he's going to get the opportunity that we. 
we sold him on. And I think the agents and players uh, respect that side of things. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, as, as you know, in, in, in life itself, you make false promises, uh, you know, that reputation gets back to you. So we've done a good job being selective. Um, and again, we always incorporate our coaching staff and, and various others into the recruitment. So uh, these players are comfortable when they come over and uh, they're treated uh, with the proper um, tools, if you will, to, to make that transition. Cause it's not easy. And back to the, the humanity of this whole thing, you have, families that come over and, and, and language barriers and different things, but we've done a, a very good job um, helping them acclimate. And I think it's seen some, some pretty good, uh, you know, transitions and success on the ice with, with some of these guys, but Matt Tallin and the boys over there do a, do a remarkable job and they're, uh, they have passion and, and they just find players. And, you know, like we said, they're, they're, they're sincere in recruitment and, and we've, Hopefully we can continue it. Well, you're uh, certainly a part and uh, front and center in the middle of all that. And uh, congrats uh, on, on a job well done here at the deadline. You stand everyone in the in the pro scouting department as well. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. Always a, always a pleasure visiting with you. And uh, good luck day two for the trade deadline 2022 as you move forward here, Ryan. Thanks again for visiting with us. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Ryan Stewart, the assistant general manager in charge of pro scouting for the Chicago Blackhawks after uh, they pick up a a handful of assets here, both draft-wise and with some uh, players, young young players that uh, could be a part of this uh, core moving forward. Jeremy and company have done an outstanding job of uh, showing that they're capable of of molding some of these players here this season as we move forward and still have to find out how – this 2021 season is going to end. When we come back, we'll be back with uh, Jim Boomer Gordon from Sirius XM to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline around the league and the perception nationally of what the Blackhawks were able to do ahead of the trade deadline. Nick Ismondi, Chris Bowden, Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Broslovic racing into the Hawks zone down the right wing side. He shoots. Glove save is made by Lankinen. A game-saving save for sure for Kevin Lankin and Roslovic waited him out. And boy, at the last second, he fired it low, and Lankinen had his glove maybe two inches off the ice <laughs> boy, to make this boy. save. Well, that was a little over two minutes to go in regulation, keeping the game 3-3 last night. John Wideman with the call here. And the Blackhawks' eventual 4-3 overtime victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive, Chris Bowden and Nick Ismani. Before we get to our guest, Nick, speaking of goaltenders, mm-hmm. uh, thanks a lot, Tampa Bay, for starting Curtis McElhaney tonight against the Nashville Predators and uh, allowing three goals on the first five shots that he faced. <laughs> Predators leading the Lightning 3 nothing. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I'll make a phone call. I'll make a phone call. I know somebody in Tampa somewhere. Well, I'll take care better, of make, better make it quick. Actually, uh, Boom knows somebody, too. Boom, yeah, make a phone and, call, would you? Yeah, you know Jim Boomer Gordon, uh, the host of The Point. Uh, from noon to 2 Chicago time on Sirius XM, we now welcome him in here on Blackhawks Live. Uh, Boomer, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, do you know somebody in Tampa Bay, too, you might be able to reach out to? Because uh, they're doing us no favors. No, you know what? I'm watching the game right now, and... Uh, I got the Nashville feed, and they were looking down the bench, and Bassie ain't in any hurry to get up or lose the baseball cap. They said uh, uh, McElhaney's going to ride this one out. So we may go for double digits. Who knows? Uh, Great. Great. But, yeah, the Preds are are on such a roll. Even Craig Smith is scoring. He scored for Boston. (laughs) He scored for Boston. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, 
So thanks for joining us here. Uh, as as we kind of look at the overall trade deadline here, uh, let's start though with the Blackhawks. From your perspective and kind of a national perspective, uh, what uh, what's the sense of the reaction around the league as to what Stan and the Blackhawks were able to pull off? You know, yesterday or the the ten days, two weeks leading up to the deadline. Um, and uh, you know, is there one particular move that uh, is you know kind of creating a a buzz or one perhaps that you're, you've been most impressed with, with uh, the moves that Stan was able to make? Well, I'll say a couple of things about that. Um, I think perception of Chicago, I think they're trying to pull off a bit of a magic trick. Uh, I think they're trying to stay relevant and at the same time uh, get younger, get cheaper. Uh, well, maybe not cheaper based on a few of the moves that they made, but uh, it's it's kind of it doesn't feel like a complete rebuild because you still got some core players there, uh, maybe a retool, but definitely an attempt to get younger, get more skilled, uh, and stay as in part of this playoff race. So, from that perspective, I think it is interesting what they've been able to accomplish, and I think what they're doing is good. I did a winners and losers feature on my show today, and I had the Hawks in the winners column. I like what Stan did, but I, I think if you're going to isolate something, uh, I think you're probably looking at, at, at Henrik Borgstrom and Stillman uh, from the Panthers. They were willing to pay a fairly significant premium, in my opinion, uh, to absolve themselves of that Connolly contract. And I know it's a lot of money, and there aren't a lot of teams in the league that could afford to take on money, but for Chicago, that's a couple players. And it's interesting when you think about it, if you think of the cap jail the Hawks have been in, for a decade now, it's hard to believe they're actually the team that's willing to take on money. But uh, if you look at the Panthers, I mean, Borgstrom at one time, and we're only talking a year ago, was the most high-profile prospect that they had in their organization. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they were willing to move on from him, I, I think you would assume bodes well for the Blackhawks. Well, boom, you know, obviously uh, love, love coming on the show with, with you and Jake and longtime listener too. But you guys today, were, you know, we're talking a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously the whole purview of the trade deadline and, and kind of winners and losers and a lot of focus on, on, on Mantha. What, what, what was your general take on just the, the overall trade deadline, winners and losers? And, and obviously Mantha paying off already. He's already potted one for, for the Caps. Well, they're playing a rec league team tonight. Let me preface that. Uh, I'm, I'm giving more effort on my couch watching the game than Philly's giving tonight. I don't know what's up with the Flyers, uh, but they're playing disinterested. It is a fascinating night to see Mantha, uh, to see Taylor Hall playing for the Bruins, uh, just seeing key guys in, in different jerseys. It's really uh, interesting. You know, my take on the deadline is I think there were a series of factors that worked against it, obviously with a flat cap. Uh, and owners not making a lot of money this year, not wanting to spend a lot of money, it played a role. But I just think, and I've said it, I think the the trade deadline in hockey has just been a really, really bad idea for a really, really long time. And I think there are some smart people in the game now who've recognized that the premiums you pay for rental players just isn't worth it in, in the long term. The, the Blackhawks are guilty as well. I mean... We could go over some bad ones. I mean, what what did they do? The one was it Fleischman? Yeah, and and Weiss. Yes, yes. From from Montreal, they gave up. They gave up Dano. Right. And a second that turned into Romanov, the defenseman that they have now. I mean, those are just big, big prices. Uh, and I I know they've made some moves in the past that hit and it worked, and I respect that. 
But I just think when you look at some of the top teams, I just think that they've acknowledged now that if we want to keep this thing going, we just can't give away our first round every year. I mean, Pittsburgh does it, but they've got Crosby and Malkin, and those guys can cover up a lot of mistakes. Uh, But, you know, you look at teams when they start going down this road, and some teams do it year after year after year. At some point, it's going to take a huge toll and when your core players are getting a little bit older uh, and a little bit more expensive and you don't have the kids to come in on affordable entry-level contracts because you gave away prospects and you gave away picks, it's eventually going to get you. And I think it shortens the run of certain teams because they just hit that wall. They got too expensive, too old, and they don't have replacements. So I, I admire a lot of the teams that, that – show the courage to say, you know what, I'm not going to placate my fan base or try and make anyone happy or be reactionary towards a rival in my division if they went and did something feeling like we have to counter because you don't. And uh, so I I, I think I admire the teams that, that, that sit this one out more than anything. Well, as you look at the, the Central Division, I mean, Nashville's lone pickup was Good Branson. Dallas's lone pickup was Votnin. Um, and there are, there are reasons for that financially as well. But when you look at the scrum going up in the top of the division between uh, Carolina and Florida and Tampa Bay, uh, Lightning, their most significant move was adding David Savard. Significant indeed. Florida picks up Montour and Bennett. And uh, Carolina really basically sits this one out. They had the minor deal with Anaheim. Uh, has anyone separated themselves with those moves or non-moves, as a matter of fact, as you try and figure out? Uh, it seems to me there's kind of a lack of urgency between these three teams with the way they're performing now. You know, may- maybe they're taking the foot off the gas, but, you know, uh, you got to avoid that 2-3 matchup in the opening round. Whoever finishes in first place, that's going to be real important for whoever winds up uh, finishing fourth. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. And I said on my show, it looked to me, if you look at the schedules, what's left and where everyone sits in the standings, it was set up for Carolina to win the division and create a battle of Florida in the first round in the two three, and then they go out and lose a couple to Detroit, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you look in the standings. Okay, it now favors Tampa. Well, Tampa starts the backup goaltender, and they're getting whooped on by Nashville. So I don't know who wants it. I don't know who's going to take it. Uh, Carolina and Tampa are going to meet twice next week in a back-to-back, and that might end up deciding things. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, Carolina Carolina kind of made some all-in moves last year at the deadline. I didn't anticipate they would do it again because you just can't make those moves every year. Um, so I think they like the team. They're kind of deep everywhere. Carolina's kind of the team you look at and go, you can make the big, big run here, although they haven't done it before. Uh, and until they've shown that they can and they could take a big team out like Tampa, I'm, I think I'm going to operate under the assumption that they're a real dangerous hockey club and are, I think, capable of beating just about anybody. You kind of answered my question, Boom. I know you got a bunch of games to watch because I know you, you do watch every one of them tonight, <laughs> so we'll let you go in a minute here. But uh, you, you, do you have a favorite to win this thing overall this year? Uh, has, has the picture maybe become a little bit clearer? I mean, there's only about, I don't know, 13, 12, 13 games left to go in the season or, or so per team. Yeah, it's Colorado. Uh, there's no question in my mind. Uh, when I watch them, it's intimidating to watch this team. They've just built themselves with speed everywhere, and they just attack you all the time. Playing against those guys would be a nightmare. Rantanen's on fire, Landis Scott's on fire, and McKinnon is McKinnon. 
watching them last night. They've just got a philosophy about them. They just want to attack you all the time. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to work in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the size they had on the back end, Eric Johnson has not been playing this year, has not been healthy. They got rid of Zadora, sends him to Chicago. They move out Ian Cole, uh, and they bring up Bowen Byram, and they acquire Devon Taves from the Islanders. And it's just their, their whole back end is just speed, and it's small. And I've just conditioned myself to believe that as, as scary as that can be on the ice, I don't think it translates to success in the playoffs. Hmm. So they're gonna—they're a bit of a petri dish to me. They're gonna have to prove that their style of play is gonna work, especially when they likely have to face Vegas in the second round. But my goodness, they're fun to watch because they can score on any shift. It's just going to be a matter to me of whether they can get it done in the playoffs or not. But I, I certainly believe. I think a lot of people view Tampa as the team to beat again and having a genuine chance at uh, going back-to-back, which would be only, what, the second time in 24 years. That would happen if they pull it off. But I I think Colorado right now has earned the right. And, you know, Nick, we always talk about, you know, wagering a couple nickels on something if we're so inclined. (laughs) If you look at the markets right now, they've made Colorado a significant favorite as the cup team. They're about 5-1 to right now, I think. Uh, Tampa might be second choice, around seven and a half to one. So, the world is buying what Colorado is selling right now, and I think I think there's good reason for that. Well, uh, and Tampa, as long as they don't start uh, Curtis McElhaney and Ned and, and Vasilevsky <laughs> yeah. stays healthy. Uh, boom! Thanks for joining us here. We really appreciate it. Good visiting with you. I, I know you would probably uh, talk with Nick several times a day, so uh, it's great to talk with you for the first time and uh, continue success on uh, Sirius XM. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Jim Boomer Gordon, the host of The Point on Sirius XM, noon to 2, Chicago time. we got to take a break here. When we come back, uh, Nick and I will have some closing thoughts here as we look forward to the week ahead. Uh, a couple important games coming up against the bottom dweller in the division who has been playing teams tough. That's straight ahead when Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Canyon Taves Drive continues on 720 WGN. As we head down the home stretch here on Chevy Drive and Blackhawks Live, presented by Chevy Drives, Chicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Don't bring me down like the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing here tonight. Uh, and as uh, we look ahead to the upcoming schedule here, Nick, you know, you looked at Columbus as a team trading off a bunch of their assets and giving some young players, some more inexperienced players, some playing time, and uh, they battled pretty hard against the Blackhawks. Plus, there was Patrick Laine. And now, as you look ahead to the Detroit Red Wings, yes, they're sitting in last place in the division, but they're coming off two uh, victories in Carolina against the Hurricanes, who certainly have something to play for. Uh, prior to that, they got blown their, their doors blown off by Nashville 7-1. But in this month, their two their uh, two previous losses they opened up with one goal losses to Florida they ended up beating Tampa Bay five to one and then a shootout loss to Nashville before getting skunked by Nashville about a week or so ago seven to one and then they come back and and knock off Carolina two games in Raleigh so you know as we look ahead to this schedule following these two games with Detroit it's the three in a row against Nashville starting in Music City on uh, on Monday, the makeup game, and then coming back to the United Center for five straight. Two against Nashville, one against Tampa Bay, two against Florida. Uh, again, uh, y- you can't take your foot off the gas and expect just to throw your sticks and gloves out there and, and expect to win against the Red Wings. Yeah, it's do or die time, and I think it's do or die time for every team. And listen, these at the end of the day, these guys are all NHL players. They're all NHL teams. They're there for a reason. They're the best in the world. It's the best league in the world. So you can't expect a gimme at any moment. That's why you play the games. Um, 
I know the wings make up well. I know, I know some guys on that team, and I know Jeff Blaschel, and there's a lot of pride there, and there's a lot of drive there, and they're not just going to fade into into the post uh, off season without making some noise. Uh, so you know that rivalry is also there. So you can expect a game here these next two nights. But I think it's a crucial, crucial, crucial must have four points for the Chicago Blackhawks, and they know that as well. So you, you, you got to dig in. It's going to be pedal down the entire way through these next. 12 games and if you know I think if you can kind of stay on the trend that you're on and, and pick up some points and really have a good series against Nashville you're in good shape I know that's a little bit of state in the obvious but it's gonna those those three games against Nashville yeah. are massive and it is going to feel it's gonna feel like game seven every time for me I think yeah I think and, it's and, gonna feel that for them too and these kids uh, we got about a minute and a half or so these kids yep. put in put in these situations and they certainly came through. We weren't able to expand on, on that finish last night, but having three kids out there, Jeremy putting his faith right. in them. And sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not going to work. It's not always perfect with guys that green. Heck, it's not always perfect with the veterans. But uh, seeing those kids come through and deliver in the clutch and, and have Brennan Hangel bang one home, that's certainly exciting. Huge, huge. And, and big learning for them, right? That's a big, that's a big shot in the arm. Uh, that's a big you know, pat on the back, slap on the butt. I mean, that is exactly what you want, and, and, and you're going to now carry that over here into these next uh, these next 12 games, but more importantly, these next five games. I think a lot of what's going to happen in the next few weeks is going to be determined in the next five games. All right. Uh, should I ask you for a prediction on what? No, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction on how the Hawks are going to do over the next week. But you'll, you'll have all W's. But I don't want you to come out and say that based on your master's calls. Right. right. Yeah, maybe right. I shouldn't right. be picking we'll, sports. We'll just, I, we'll, this is why I don't bet on sports. We'll just, we'll just subtly... <laughs> Say we're thinking positive over yes. over the course yeah. of the next I'm week. optimistic. I love it. Let's see what happens. I believe in Jeremy. I believe in the boys. Go get them, fellas. Right. All right. Uh, good stuff, as always. Uh, great hour spending with you. And uh, next Tuesday is our uh, is our next time up. Uh, so we're on the on-deck circle. Until then, we'll talk to you then, bud. All right? All right. Thanks, Boats. Thanks, Curtis. You guys have a great night. I love you both. Uh, same here. So, again, join us next Tuesday because the Blackhawks are playing Monday against the Nashville Predators in that makeup contest. So uh, we will be on next Tuesday from 7. To eight. Uh, be sure to join us come Thursday night. So when the Blackhawks are up next, six o'clock for the pregame, six thirty for the call with John and Troy. Our thanks to Ryan Stewart and the Blackhawks Media Relations Department for setting that up. Also Jim Boomer Gordon from Sirius XM, as well as to our producer Curtis Koch, our engineer Brett Jackson, and we thank you for joining us as well. Coming up next, John Ladendecker after the eight o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Vic Vaughn. Have a great night, everyone.